the way to create a problem-free business is to stop having problems. If you have any questions about the legal protection of your business, this interview is for you. I wish I could show you the notes that I took while talking with Joey. He even shared some free tips that you can start using today that will blow your mind. Seriously, it's too good. Check it out. You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here is your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Before we jump in, have you been struggling with getting your social media created for the month? Or are you just not even to that point yet and are still posting on the fly? I totally get it because I was there too. But I started practicing what I preach, and I'm now planning out my content one month in advance. I cannot believe I waited this long to do this because I've now gotten my system down to only taking me 30 minutes to plan one full month of highly converting social media posts. Yep. And you can too. Visit socialwithally.com to download my plan for you. That's socialwithally.com. Joey, I am thrilled that we are getting the chance to talk today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So will you first just kick us off and tell us about yourself? Sure. So I am probably the last person you would expect to be a lawyer. I am 100% a peacemaker I don't really like conflict. I have taken that Enneagram test probably a dozen times at this point, and I'm a, I'm a type nine every time I take wow, it, which okay. is the peacemaker type. And so I'm very strong in that department. But when I was in college, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated. And my dad is a more traditional guy. So he's like, you can join the concrete business or you can become a doctor or a lawyer. And my sister was already in med school. So I was like, oh, I'll be different and, and go to law school. So uh, I, <laughs> I, I was in law school for those three years, learning very quickly that I was kind of like the ugly duckling in my class who <laughs> didn't like depositions, didn't like court work. And after two years in practice of trying to be a courtroom attorney, I discovered this other world of being a business attorney of being more proactive, of actually being like an approachable lawyer that could help entrepreneurs and business owners proactively stay safe so they can avoid legal stuff. And I was like, oh, there's actually a way for me to practice law that aligns with my strengths. And I've just been going in that direction ever since. I'm over here shaking my head when you're telling the story because it does, I never would have really would have thought that about you, but you are a very calm and gentle and soothing voice to talk to. And mm. um, not, I'm not saying that that's not a stereotypical lawyer quality to have, but I definitely can see the nine coming out in you. So um, I love that um, you know that about yourself. So that's really cool. Okay. So we are talking all things trademark today. 
Will you really just set the stage for us by sharing why, 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 why is it important to have a trademark protected? Oh, man. You know, I ask myself that question a lot, too. And it's something that that we get all the time. The truth is that when I decided, you know, again, to embrace my my peacemaker kind of personality, I started my firm and I was what I now call a kitchen sink lawyer. So I did everything from LLC creations to contracts to copyrights and trademarks. And I learned all of this stuff in law school. But when I started my firm and I was helping business owners with this, I was really learning for the first time what business owners really needed. And I started noticing in my first year as a law firm owner, doing all the different things, that out of all the legal stuff that I was being asked to do, the one really painful band-aid that was always being ripped off of my clients was realizing, oh, shoot, I don't own my brand like I thought I did. Mm. And it came in different forms. We had certain people whose vacations were literally ruined because they got a cease and desist letter on the plane right when they landed saying you have 30 days to completely rebrand your podcast. Mm. And this was a seven-figure client of ours. We had another client who was just turning on Facebook ads and got a message from a competitor saying, hey, a friend of ours uh, showed us what you were doing because they saw an ad come through. It's too close to ours. We, we had an Etsy maker uh, who was starting to go viral on Etsy, get some takedown notices because her name was too similar to another brand. And all of those different kinds of stories fall under this umbrella of trademarks not being in place. And so my team and I decided we wanted to pivot the law firm because we really want to be as of service as we can. And so now trademarks are all that we do. And we now know, because we've done the research, that over half a million trademarks get applied for every year. And most of them get denied. Mm. So we want to do whatever we can to help people be aware of the fact that if you haven't trademarked yet, there's a good chance you're accidentally infringing on somebody else. And what can we do to help you avoid the common traps in the trademark process? So if those horror stories didn't scare you enough, I don't know what will. But you have really laid out some free steps that anyone listening that hasn't taken the steps to protect their trademark can start doing now. So what are those? Yeah, so there's a couple of great free steps you can do. Um, the first thing is this. Take a look at that main, that main brand element in your business that you think is doing the most in terms of your marketing for you. Maybe it's your business name. Maybe it's, maybe it's your podcast. Maybe you've got a flagship course. Uh, this is different for a lot of businesses in our space. Some of us have, you know, we're personal brands. Our name are, is our brand. And so the business name itself isn't the main trademark that we're concerned about. But we have a lot of clients who have a certain kind of unique method that's at the heart of everything they do. 
or you know a really popular podcast that they would hate to lose the rights to. So pick that one thing and take a look at that, that word or that phrase. And what I want you to do is any, any aspects of that phrase that are a little descriptive or generic, like a the or an uh, or if you run a podcast and there's like the word podcast in the name of your show, strike that through. Any words that are left that are more distinctive, that's what we really want to care about. So make sure that you're running Google searches for those more distinctive words and phrases and seeing if anything pops up on Google. If nothing pops up or if nothing shows that's too similar, well, that's a really good sign. The next thing you can do, which is also free, is to go to the trademark office website. Uh, it's USPTO.gov, which is short for United States Patent and Trademark Office. It's kind of complicated to get there. You have to click a couple buttons, but they have a free trademark database. It's not as fancy as Google. It looks like it was made in the 1990s, <laughs> but it works and it allows you to run a pretty basic search. Again, I would, I would take away those more descriptive words to really help you see what out there is too similar, but that'll let you see if there are any other trademarks that are applied for or that have been registered. The final thing you can do, which is free, is add a little TM to the end of that brand element. And this is one of the biggest things that people don't realize about trademarks, which is there's those two different symbols of the TM symbol and then the circle with the, the circle with the R in it. And so the TM symbol stands for common law trademark rights. You get those automatically just by your business existing and you using that brand in commerce. So you don't have to even apply for a trademark registration to use that TM symbol. Now you will have to apply and get that registration in order to use the circle R symbol, which is like 10 times more powerful because that gives you exclusive nationwide rights not just to your name, but to anything that's confusingly similar. And it gives you really strong evidence of that that will hold up in court. So I do recommend that you move forward with the application, which does cost some time and money, but there are definitely those free steps that you can do beforehand. I think you just dropped like a major aha for a lot of us because I don't think that people knew they could be using the TM mark. And I think that's huge when you think about like already putting it out there that like, this is my name and I'm claiming it and I'm going to move forward with the process. But like even having that out there, I think is a really big step that a lot of us can, can go on and start today. Yeah, the, the beauty of it is that a lot of business owners don't know this distinction. And so if they see that TM symbol, they might think that that means that you've applied for a trademark and have gotten it. So it can be a really strong deterrent. Uh, whenever I teach on this or present on this in things like a webinar, uh, I always have a slide when I talk about these symbols with like a big explosion head emoji, because you're <laughs> right. This is usually the one takeaway that people are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I could use this. 
Yeah, I love that. Okay. And also, when you are working through this trademark protection process, an audit is a part of that process. And so talk to us about when you run your own legal integrity audit, what does that look like? Yeah. Okay. So I love that you ask this question. And this is the foundation of my legal strategy. So yes, my firm focuses on trademarks, but I also have courses and programs to help with things beyond trademarks. And we do that because I know that the legal side is super confusing. And this this legal integrity audit allows you to assess where your business is at legally without using any legalese. Mm. So before we can get to the audit, we have to first just take another look at this word integrity because we want to make sure that we're defining it a certain way. Now, if, if I were to tell Allie right now that I don't think that she has integrity, I wouldn't be surprised if she wanted to like slap me in the face because <laughs> that's not a nice thing to tell somebody, right? It like means that you're immoral or you're not ethical or you're not a good person or whatever. I understand that that is a definition of integrity, but that's not what I mean when I'm talking about legal integrity. When I talk about integrity here in this context, I don't mean, are you a good or bad person or is your business ethical or not? I mean, is your business whole? Is it workable? Is it effective? Does it have integrity the way a bike would have integrity? And so we're really taking the emotion out of this question. So with that new definition, if we want to think, okay, does our business have integrity? There are really four different components to business integrity. The first thing is you need to have brand integrity, meaning that you actually do own the brand that you claim to own. And that's where trademarks come into play. The second thing is separation integrity. Are you literally not your business? Because, and I love that we're talking about this on this podcast, because I'm all about like having distance between you and your business and not feeling like your sense of self-worth is tied to how good or bad the business is doing. That being said, literally speaking and legally speaking, if you have not formed an LLC or a corporation, if you're fancy, then legally you are still your business. Mm. And it's really tough to massage our way around that separation if it's not actually there. And so getting that LLC, yes, it gives you limited liability protections, which are great in and of themselves. But the real kickoff there is it's, it's amazing in terms of you feeling like you're more empowered to really have this business that's totally separate from you. So that's separation integrity. And then the third piece of integrity is relationship integrity, meaning are you honoring your promises that you're giving to others and are they honoring their promises to you? And Allie, you probably know this more than most people I talk to, but there are relationships everywhere in business Mm. with clients, customers, referral partners, 
people whose stages you want to be on or podcasts you want to be on, people who are visiting your social media sites or your website. With all of those different relationships, there's an expectation of what people can and, and can't do. And, and that's really where contracts come into play. And I, I say it that way because a lot of people just think about contracts in terms of what language can I put in this document mm-hmm. to protect myself. But that's not all a really strong contract should do. It should also set the stage for a red carpet experience with all the parties. Mm. And so when it comes to contracts, it's really, really helpful to think about, okay, what am, what am I going to be doing as a part of this relationship? And how can I make it clear in the contract what I'm going to do so that it's easier for me to show up and fulfill that? really like that perspective. Yeah. And then the last one, which is one of the easier ones, is content integrity. Meaning that you're actually owning the content that you're putting out there and you're not using anybody else's. And that's where copyrights come into play. Uh, I like using these four types because that also helps highlight the difference between copyrights and trademarks which can get confusing pretty quickly, but that's the main difference. Copyrights protect your content and trademarks protect your brand. The the main thing that I like to say in terms of content integrity, especially for anybody who is like really on social media right now, is there's a huge legal difference between giving people credit and getting permission. And if you want to use someone else's photo or quote or video on your own stuff, just giving them credit in that post or whatever it is that you're creating legally isn't enough. That's still technically copyright infringement if you don't have permission from them to use it. Wow. Okay, I think there's probably lots of jaws dropping and eyes widening when you just said that. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to to scare people and I don't want anyone to feel bad about this. Again, when we're talking about integrity in this way, it's just a matter of like, what can I do to make my business more workable and effective? So if you feel like the answer is no to some of these questions of do you have integrity or not, that's not something to feel bad about or guilty or whatever but it does help highlight what next steps should be done to bring you back to a place of integrity. Yep. Yep. There's like, (laughs) I'm like staring off into space. Like my mind is spinning like, Oh yes. uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, okay. This is really good, Joey. I really want you to just kind of take it to the next step for us and just lay it out there for us. You don't even have to you know, tap out of your nine tendencies and like wanting to be gentle with us, like just lay it out there. What steps do we need to take to create a problem-free business? I think that's the goal for most of us and and anyone listening. Yeah. Oh, geez. You're asking me to do something really hard in terms of stepping out of my nineness, but (laughs) I'll say this, the, the way to stop having a problem-free business is easier than you'd think. And I've had to work on this a lot. I don't know if I shared this with you earlier, Ellie, but all of what you do just resonates with me so much because I 
had a health issue years ago and pretty extreme rare health issue that forced me to be in a hospital for a couple of weeks. Mm. And as I was in outpatient therapy, they said, you know, you're going to be fine. Thank goodness. But you went through a pretty traumatic experience and it's going to take a while for your brain to rewire itself. Wow. And you, your brain can't afford for you to have a stressful next few months. So good luck with your business. <laughs> and I had to, to figure out and answer that question of, okay, what can I do to create a problem-free business for myself and my team? Mm-hmm. And the best answer that we came up with after a while was. People are coming to you with this urgent issue that they're panicked about I could see where that could easily rub off on you and really that energy just kind of radiate to the whole team. So I think it's huge that you say that. And really it is this mindset shift of what are the words we're using? What are the thoughts we're having? And how can we really just take those issues and make them really opportunities for our business? Yeah. Yeah. And I I love the way you said that, make them opportunities. And I get it. Like clients come to us all the time, very understandably upset about things that are happening in the business. And what we try and do as best as we can, we don't necessarily tell them this, is we do resolve whatever it is that they want resolved. But before we do that, we turn the problem into the issue. We, We try and take the emotion out of whatever the frustration is so that we can really tackle what's going on more effectively. A big, big example of that is when clients come to us upset because there's a copycat out there. Mm -hmm. I know that that's super frustrating, but we always try and remind our clients, okay, where are the monetary damages here? What are the actual objective things and consequences of this happening? And then once we get a better sense of those real consequences, whether they're there or not, then we can discuss really good next steps. The facts. Like, let's not make these things up in our head. Like, let's really look at what the facts are and what are those damages that need to be looked at. Right. Okay. So thinking through really some good takeaways that we can all walk away from this interview and really start enacting in our business today I want you to call us out right now. And when you start working with business owners, what is the single biggest mistake that most of them are making? I just want you, I just feel free to just call us out right now. Yeah. Now, well, uh, because we have some steps to take, some action. So we just give us some more. Yeah. Well, when I talk about that integrity audit exercise, Uh, Usually I put these four boxes together on the screen, like a little square divided into four more squares. And I talk about it in the order that I talked to to y'all about it. So brand, then separation, then relationships, then content. And so let's solve things in that order. We do that because usually there are trademark issues that need to get resolved. And it's important to address those first. Mm. because 
trademarks or trademark issues are what we call four flat tire issues. What a lot of lawyers probably won't tell you is that most legal issues are like getting a flat tire. It's super, super frustrating when it happens, but the car, like there's a spare in the back, it's, it's workable, the business can run while you're dealing with that problem. The, the reason why a trademark issue can become so painful is because in most cases, when it becomes an issue, you're told you can no longer market and promote your brand until you rebrand. And so it's like the car comes to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. And so those really big emergencies are what we want to proactively resolve first. Okay. So we've got some thinking to do on our end. We have some organization we need to do and we're going to come to you when we are ready to take those next steps because I think it's really important that we get these foundational pieces right in our business before we think we can really go to the next level because I think it just only exacerbates the issue when you are at that next level. Yeah. Because if you are, you know, asked to rebrand, I can only imagine. Yeah. And, and, and that, that is so true. There are so many businesses who they start running into these issues as they're growing and it just makes growth and scaling that much harder. Mm. The other thing too, and we see this all the time is something just changes when you know that you have a registered trademark. Mm. We've, we've got both my law firm and my DIY course power brand that helps people do the trademarks on their own if they are based in the US. And one of the testimonials that we got said, I feel liberated and empowered in a way I've never felt in business before, because now that I can use this circle R symbol, I have a sense of permission to show up more fully. Love that. And, and that's I think huge. it's it's enormous. I think that a lot of business owners are staying small to stay safe. Mm-hmm. And when you lock in these legal protections, then you know that you are more protected as you grow and there are safety nets around you. There's a freedom. Right, right. Okay, so Joey, uh, thinking about you as a business owner, thinking about all that you have on your plate, I would love to know, how do you like to be selfish? Oh, man, that is such a good question. (laughs) Honestly, it's for, for me, I have learned that me being selfish means me creating a vision for my business that is something that I find fulfilling and isn't just because so-and-so wants it and like it looks cool to have. I think that there are a lot of entrepreneurs right now who are struggling to hit someone else's vision because they haven't thought that hard about what they actually want. Mm. And, and for me, when I'm thinking about how I'm being, cause I started my whole business because I love doing this work. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, I have stuff that I do outside of work that I find fulfilling, but a huge part of it is identifying, okay, what are the parts of the business 
that I enjoy most and how can I get the rest off of my plate? And the, the thing that I'm now focusing on is how can I have as much time as possible on my calendar be available for my team? Because I would much rather be leading and having fun with my team throughout the week than just doing legal work for clients. And now we're at a point where, I mean, the business is growing. We're about to hit our 500th trademark. I'm spending less than an hour a month doing legal work. What? Yeah, it's crazy. Joey, that's incredible. Yeah, we have one, almost two part-time attorneys uh, in addition to processes and a a non-lawyer uh, team that's been with me for years and can do a lot of the work for the for the other attorneys to review. And because we focus on just trademarks, it's really allowed us to streamline and assembly line all of what my team's doing. So the fact that I can do things like make a last minute decision to do a five hour drive and see my family in St. Louis isn't something I could do years ago. No, that's true. And I'm, I'm really proud of you for, for taking that step because it's really hard. And it's really hard for uh, business owners to hand those things off. But um, to your point, what's our goal? Like, why, why did we take this risk? Why did we take this plunge if we aren't going to, to really enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think one question that I was really grateful that someone asked me couple weeks ago was, you know, would you rather take Fridays off or have a Friday be the, the time of the week where you get to focus on the work that you enjoy the most? Mm-hmm. And the truth right now is if I totally, for a while I was taking Fridays off, but I'm, I'm married to like my best friend. We had dogs, a dog and a cat, no kids. And my family doesn't live close to us. So I was just super bored on Friday. So I was like, you know what? This isn't actually fulfilling for me. So what can I do to to build back up a Friday schedule for myself mm-hmm. where I I feel like I get to show up for work and not like I have to? Yeah, that's so huge. And I, I know that's not the case for everybody, but I thought that was a really interesting question to ask yourself. Like, okay, if, you know, do you really want to have a, a four hour, a four day work week? Or do you just want to focus on the stuff that lights you up more in your business? Mm-hmm. That's definitely something for us to think about. Mm-hmm. On that same note, is there anything you wish you could be doing more? Oh, that's a really good question. The one thing currently that I'm working on doing more is uh, playing a ukulele. Ooh. Uh, I actually, I'm, I'm traveling right now and I know that the video is off and this is a podcast episode anyways, but I usually <laughs> am, am in a place in my apartment where, with my ukulele right behind me oh my gosh. intentionally so people can ask me about it. And, and that they can say, play us me. a little tune, Joey. <laughs> right. And when they do, I'm like, I can't do anything right now. Um, <laughs> but I got it a couple years ago and I'm nowhere near as good at it as I want to be. So 
hopefully I'll pick that up more. That's really fun. What's next for you, Joey? Oh man, that's a really good, big question. The, if we just want to get nitty gritty business owner to business owner, the, the next thing that we're looking at is trying to take me out of the marketing department entirely. So we've got four main departments in the business. And then I'm the visionary or COO of the company. We've got the fulfillment department that takes care of clients and customers. We've got the operations department. We've got the sales department and the marketing department. And over the past four and a half or so years, we've built teams and processes. So I'm now mostly out of all of the departments except marketing. So my my goal is to just be the CEO of the business Mm -hmm. and have my team run the departments. I think that's definitely with the path that you've taken so far, definitely doable. And um, I can only imagine the growth and success that will lead with you leading the team in that uh, sole role. So I am just really grateful that we had the chance to talk today and the knowledge that you brought. I'm just still amazed and was taking notes myself. Um, I I just know that our listeners are really going to appreciate the truth and um, your willingness to talk with me today. So thank you so much, Joey. Thanks so much, Allie, for having me. And one more thing. If you're still with us, listeners, and you guys have enjoyed this podcast episode or you've liked past episodes and you haven't left Allie a review yet, (laughs) go over and do it now uh, because I know it would just make her day. Thank you, Joey. Yes, it would. Yes, please. (laughs) Of course. I, uh, I learned last year just how amazing it is as a podcast host to get those reviews coming in. And uh, I didn't realize, and now I do, just how much it matters to, to send those reviews over. You're, you're not wrong. All right. Well, thank you, Joey. Of course. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.